2: From the center of the galaxy, this is the four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is one of our deep dives, one of our bakta tanks of talk. We are going to have a good conversation in the goo. I'm Joseph Scribshaw.
3: I'm Ken Apsock. I got my back to underwear on, ready to dive in. And this is going to be a great episode as we dive in where I, I don't even know how I have to I, I'm working through
2: things. This is, I'm going to be asking myself a lot of questions in this episode. Ooh, not just a deep dive, a live Star Wars counseling about how we feel. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot wait to get into that. So we're going to get past the stuff that we say at the beginning of the podcast. As always, we want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash for center over 180,000 titles and I bet even more every second to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle or MP3 player. This week we are recommending Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray, the whole Star Wars universe, or at least most of it. Has Kenobi fever. This is a great uh mm-hmm. Kenobi and Qui-Gon and prophecy story. Uh so if you're interested in giving it a listen, you can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com. Slash Force Center. It uh, is a free audiobook for you, and it helps out the show. So, with uh, that proclamation out of the way, we can get into this main topic. Ken, uh, I really wanted to talk about: Does it matter where the story is told? And um, I was kind of trying to write down uh, in in the notes here all the different reasons that that had started to bubble up as is, is being on my mind. And I was kind of shocked <laughs> mm-hmm. by the number of different ways where the, you know, where does this story exist? Which medium is it happening in? It's we're in such an interesting time for star Wars of um, we're very close to watching an Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show. That mm. was almost a movie and the exact fate of star Wars on big screen where star Wars used to live is still a mystery. Uh, Star Wars is kind of firing on all cylinders on television. Uh, many fans are very excited right now about the thriving High Republic of uh, books and comics, audios too. Uh, other fans' favorite Star Wars story, if you go looking around on social media right now, is the video game Fallen Order. That's people's Star Wars right now. Uh, you and I have been rewatching The Clone Wars and uh, getting to some really big arcs, and I think it's really reminding me how central the overall saga storytelling is that happens in a lot of the animated series. Very important to the overall saga. And uh, plus right now we also have some major Canon moments uh, that have either happened or are about to happen, or might be about to happen in books, comics, audio adventures, you know, the return of Kira, the audio about Dooku's fall. Um, Just this, this week had Obi-Wan meeting Assange Ventress in a book. Uh, we had the excerpt from a book of, Luke apparently being visited by the spirit of his father, Anakin Skywalker. Lots of big stuff, lots of storytelling, all happening all over the place. So out of all that, I really wanted to start with a big picture. For you personally, Ken, does it matter where the story is told? Is it lesser for you in any way if a part of the story is in a book, a video game, a comic, a cartoon, etc.?
3: So I saw this question, started to write down my notes. I went, no, of course it doesn't matter. We're Force Center. We engage with the stories that are presented. We try to keep open minds. Our criticisms are, uh, you know, uh, we reworked to uh, be questions and, and, and be positive and celebrate what we love. All those things that a lot of you for years have uh, tuned in and continue to do for Force for Center. And then I just realized, Joseph, that's a lie to me. <laughs> it matters. And without me thinking about it, or without me being prepared to admit it, uh, if it's not live action, I naturally think it's lesser than. Mm. But that changes. You and I doing this wonderful uh, Clone Wars report rewatch has turned me from... I, I always loved the Clone Wars. I always did. Uh, I always got into it. To now, uh, that, that's kind of my Star Wars in a lot of ways. Like, I, I'm so enjoying that run. and I didn't have that. And I one of the reasons was... I was like, oh, I love Star Wars and that cartoon. (laughs) And I'm not one of those. I'm not the Academy who thinks uh, movies, uh, adults have to get, you know, survive through animation. No, I I don't love a lot. I'm not a, of. I'm not a. I don't, I'm not a Toy Story guy. You know, I didn't, you know, a lot of people might know that about me, but no, man, I'm moved by animation. I get it. But anyways, all that to say, I have to be honest. I think we're going to work through Ken's adventures in uh, accepting more
2: storytelling. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well that is very intriguing and i totally understand it um i'm gonna i want to share some big picture thoughts for me and then i'm gonna ask you a follow-up question yeah, yeah. um i think for me my gut answer is in general uh it doesn't matter to me the story is mm-hmm. the story and you know i really don't like the what is better than and less than and i think that's from Uh, life experiences and in cultural experiences and you know uh, the weird experience of every every art form that I've gotten involved in has had people subdivide when I was Mm -hmm. in improv and sketch there was a battle between improv and sketch when I did more improv short form versus long form when I got into (laughs) storytelling it was should it be memorized or is it not storytelling if you read you used a music stand that's not storytelling like Every little sub art form I've ever gotten involved in continues to subdivide and have a a better than, less than, more authentic. It's, you know, it's a trap of, I think, human psychology. And I think because I've had that experience and because I grew up liking things like Star Wars and superheroes and finding value in them. Mm-hmm. And the the sometimes attitude uh, in different places where like, well, yes, that's, that's all fine and good, but it's not art. I was talking even on the other day about going to get my degree in, in visual art at the university of Minnesota and having right. some teachers who are very supportive and, and even a very kind, supportive teacher going twenty lines. That's illustration, not art. <laughs> mm. Use your shapes, Joseph. Um, hmm. So I think I have a lot of personal experiences that make me go like, yeah, no, just because it happened uh, in, in a video game, doesn't mean it's less important to the, the big picture story. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like you were saying, I realized that I then do have, for myself, some, some (laughs) asterisks to that. Um, I think one of them is, is really thinking about, and we'll talk more about this of, it doesn't matter to me is a personal individual fan, but it does matter the fact that a lot more people are going to see a live action television show or movie Mm. than play a video game or read a book or read this specific six issue arc. And what does that relationship happen? Do, do I want some things to be Mm. on screen movies or live action television show um, so that everybody will see them and know them and it will be more ingrained in the cultural Mm -hmm. imagination as a part of the story. So I think I have anxiety, not for myself, but for how accessible are parts of the story to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the other big asterisk for me is I don't inherently think that screen storytelling is better, but I realize I'm having huge pangs when big moments are coming up in books of like, that's so great. I can't wait. I have utter faith that that's going to be an amazing moment. But I'm bummed that that moment won't be on screen. Like we just talked about the great first meeting of uh, Asajj and, and Obi-Wan. Great. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Nothing wrong with it. Amazing. Books aren't lesser than. And yet I'm still having this pang of. But it means I yeah. probably don't get to see it in live action.
3: Yeah. And and that, go ahead. Continue. No, no. no, I, no I, please. That, that, go ahead. That's huge huge to uh, ex, uh, explain what i'm uh feeling and experiencing of uh even w- even when logic I- I- it dictates and your brain is aware that well we couldn't uh have christopher lee in that role right <laughs> so or even yeah you you could recast you but even in your head where you're like well you know we can't do that uh, it's got to be in a book form Ah, uh, but that's a bummer <laughs> you
2: know it's not yeah. right yeah but it is like it is about the the having that visual relationship. We had a great uh, um, question come up in one of our questions of the force recently where somebody said, I just absorb things better in visual format. It's not about not liking mm-hmm. books. It's about I, I can get more into the story if I can see it. You know, so there yeah. is that just uh, for some people, it's we're all different and, and they're more engaged by a complete visual story. So there's mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. that element of it for me. But what I want to ask you, Ken, is do you feel like that part of you that's going hey it's going to be great in a book i don't think books are less than i don't think comics are less than but i want to see it on the screen is that you is that your preference or do you think it's the cultural uh baggage that we all have that uh or i shouldn't say all that many of us have Mm -hmm. that live action is the (laughs) Mm t-rex it's the alpha it is it is what you should aspire to And that like Mm -hmm. i just think that there is kind of a ranking maybe not everybody has it so i'll just speak for myself the culture that i have experienced is like live action movies the top then live action television then animated then books then comics that you know yes no
3: and and the reason and i was laughing when you were sharing some of your your real world examples of of subdivisions and subdivides, because i'm so against those so i don't want to be part of that on any level and I'll, once i, I once you know, i trained at the groundlings in the early 2000s a big sketch in improv school improv school sat down one classes, the teacher put down a chair and said, sat in it and said, you're all here to lear- learn, improv. And you've come to the wrong place. He was a, he was a teacher. <laughs> it's like, you want real improv, the long form stuff. You go up the street, we'll teach you some party games and some sketch writing here. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> and I, don't, I don't want to be part of that. You know? So we're not here for that for, and we, we dive into, you know, all the books in the, in the middle grade and everything, and all the stories are, val- are valuable. But I, at the end of the day, yeah, I think because of my pursuits, uh, you know uh, screenwriting and even even in town here uh animation is viewed less than by unions the the yeah. guilds uh, and and when you know it, it's 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 so it's great and, and a lot of people are fighting against that it's this wonderful art form but i just experienced it you know i'm a lord of the rings movie fan more than anything mm-hmm. the, the jackson movies and in that world and there's all those the tolkien rights and the amazon one has 10 of the you know that's a weird world on what you actually own they're doing an animated uh, movie, and it's in the works for the Rohirrim um, mm-hmm. from, uh, you know, the Two Towers of Helm's Deep Battle, which is like my favorite movie of those. And I, was, I, I went, oh, my gosh. Oh, it's animated. <laughs> <laughs> that's just without thinking about it. And, and that's not right. And so I think that uh, to, to, to long-winded answer your question, Joseph, yeah, it's just this natural thing where I'm like, I saw Star Wars on the theater first. If it had been a book that was adapted into the movies, uh, I might have thought differently. I'm
2: sorry, go ahead. Please, and, and go ahead. May,
3: maybe, maybe someone read the Star Wars novelization by Alan Dean Foster, quote unquote George Lucas, and thought, <laughs> oh, they made a movie of this and then they have different views. But- <laughs> Do you see they made a movie of that book, Star Wars? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, um, anyways uh, I, but- I love these kind of episodes because I, we're really, I'm challenging, it, it, challenging myself to to come up with the actual reasons why I feel this stuff.
2: Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I think what, what I'm hearing, and I could be wrong, is that we're both coming at it from a place of we don't personally when we examine ourselves think that like ah this is animated so it's not good or this is a book it's not good but we uh have a bias inherited from the culture around us that gotta acknowledge right yeah absolutely yeah and i think Mm. for me i kind of i want to I want I want to examine the bias and it, you know if if it's a taste thing if somebody's like I don't have time to read books or mm-hmm. audiobooks and I feel bad missing out on the story that's like a different thing right yeah but for me like I get to read the book I get to enjoy the story I get to apply it to uh, mm. great moments that happen in books I get to apply it to when I go back to live action but there's still that deep but I want to see it in live action <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to see think about how much of that is is cultural bias and how much of that is personal taste. Yeah. it maybe
3: sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. In, yeah. But because like, I love all the books I love every time I get a new book, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what morsel of of, of Star Wars uh, information is going to be in here for me. But I get busy and I struggle to read. It's not that I, I have any comprehension issues. I was I was a big, big reader as a kid. So that's never been a problem. I just as an adult, I don't have so much time. Uh, they, yeah, I'm so distracted and I close the books and sometimes go, what? What happened? <laughs> what happened yeah. now?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly we'll talk about that. Some of it is just about volume of story, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, So clearly we want to uh, say it doesn't matter uh, where the story is told. The story is Mm -hmm. the story. Let's not be like our improv teachers. (laughs) (laughs) Let's embrace the story as the story. So in that spirit, we'll continue to examine it. But I want to start with uh, uh, one example for you of a bit of story, canon, lore, that is not from a live-action movie that is important to you. Now, we're going to talk more examples from the specific mediums in the second half of the podcast, but I, to frame our conversation and start from a place of positivity, I just wanted us each to share one example of something that's super important to us that doesn't come from a
3: movie. Uh, it would be, I, I I think in the end, I, I continue to go to Leia, Princess of Alderaan more than any other book. That might end up having to be my answer for a lot of book questions going forward in my Star <laughs> Wars career. Um, because it took this character I love, a character that we've studied, a, a character that's so important to Star Wars, uh, but introduced a new story, brought in new characters, but also showed the, the, the lessons of that, what she learned. And, and that, that Tarkin dinner scene is one of the most, uh, tension filled cinematic scenes, but there, I just mm-hmm. said it right there. I just said it. It's, it's so good because it's cinematic, uh, <laughs> And I go back to that story a lot and I want to revisit a lot of uh, Leia, Prince of, uh, Princess of Alderaan. It's on my mind to kind of reread that again and dig in. And, you know, you get the stuff with Panaka and it wasn't just about connecting uh, lore. It just was I was so into the story. I so saw it, I so visualized that I so was moved by it, learned things about a character I've grown up with. And, and that one I go to a lot of just a, a top example.
2: Yeah, that's great. There, like, uh, at least four or five different moments from that book that could be the answer to like that Mm -hmm. is great Star Wars story. It, I I carry it with me when I rewatch the movies, right? And they enhance it because it, it, it's not like the movies never made sense until this book. It's that they enhance (laughs) uh, the story because to me, Star Wars is this tapestry that's that's always being woven. Uh, I, I think for me right now, because all eyes are on Obi Wan, this is part of what's got me thinking about it is. Uh, I could list uh, so many moments from the Clone Wars as an Obi-Wan Kenobi fan, but the Twin Sons episode of Rebels, we, we've talked about it a, a mm-hmm. ton, so I don't need to get into breaking down the actual scene. I think for me, the reason it, it pops is, um, is making me think every moment of Star Wars Matters is it is such this vital piece going into this live-action Kenobi show. Mm-hmm. And the live-action mm-hmm. Kenobi show is something that is going to bring a lot of casual star wars fans you know back to the screen uh maybe they're in keeping up with manda mandalore or mandalorian mm-hmm. um but this is so big um because it's such central characters it's so central to the saga it's obi-wan invader um and there's that part of me like i feel bad for anybody who who doesn't have time or mm-hmm. inclination to check out the twin sun scene because the question of the live action show is how does kenobi go from the end of revenge of the Sith to this peace and purpose in that scene of twin sons explicitly to that belief that luke is the chosen one right. it like this is this is why it's on my mind as being so vital of it's it's one half of the question it's the answer to why this show exists it's one mm-hmm. of the answers but for me like one of the most compelling answers to why this kenobi show exists is that scene from an animated show that <laughs> that mm-hmm. was that obi-wan kenobi and darth maul were not the whole point of yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> they just popped up in uh, so that's that's got to be my answer to the twin Sun scene right now oh, absolutely I mean we, we reference that one a lot because it's just it's so
3: uh, it's so valuable so important so great
2: yeah yeah absolutely so how do you feel about fans who maybe uh don't have the time or uh, you know aren't book readers for whatever reason don't have time to listen to audios the comics are too expensive whatever it is for fans who don't or can't absorb all this material do you ever worry about them feeling left out of the the grand tapestry? Yes
3: and I'm happy to try to connect them to that tapestry, I'm try, happy to try to put the strings, but I I see some sometimes the amount of glazed eyes uh, just <laughs> it just grows and grows and grows, and then and the ah uh, it's in a book, and the shrug that follows kind of adds up from them, you know, <laughs> and it's uh, which is again why the conflict in our initial answer. I'm like no no no, you must value must value. Have you played Battlefront 2? Oh my gosh, you got I just said that like two weeks ago. Someone said, you got to go into the story. It's it's short, and that would you know a lot of people complain about that, but it's great loved it uh i love seeing the defense when a lot of people were like could we see maul and kenobi have their final matchup and everyone was like no it's rebels it's in rebels (laughs) so there for those conversations but i also i it's more for the people just can't uh don't have the time to absorb all the material i totally get it and uh i I just do worry about them getting so overwhelmed and feeling left out they just don't uh won't and, and and just don't dig in
2: yeah, I, I think that's it for me. Is like we have a Star Wars podcast. We're lucky enough to do that, and we try mm-hmm. to absorb everything, and we still can't absorb absolutely everything, right? Yeah. Um. So I I do really feel for for fans who want to engage, right? Sometimes you mm-hmm. run into the snarky thing that you're talking about, where like, um, you know, I'll I'll tell somebody about Bloodline, how, how what a great job Bloodline does, kind of setting up the the political realities of uh the New Republic going into the general. Uh, sequel trilogy era, and, and get the same thing of like, oh, they didn't answer it in the movie, so they had to do this book to fix it. And like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the movies, in my opinion, are designed to be tip of the iceberg storytelling, and then books and comics can explore the iceberg, right? Mm. Um, so uh, I want everybody to have that that opportunity. I think maybe what the thing I'm reacting to is like a lot of the books, like Leia Prince Princess Valderon has some vital canon that I love, mm. uh, but it, 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 it fleshes out everything that you can see about who Leia is in the, in the movies right yeah um and then when the, we're getting some moments like eh, luke skywalker communing with anakin possibly mm. it's such a big moment that fans have wanted for such a long time right yeah. and it, it makes me feel really bad that maybe it isn't accessible to everybody i think that's what it mm-hmm. is there's a part of me of like i just want to see that on screen i don't care if it's animated you know i want to see it yeah. on screen for myself just because i want to enjoy it because it's it's a fresh moment of canon it's new it's not just sort of enhancing supporting adding context to what exists it's it's mm. it's doing all those things but it's also like a major canon moment you know yeah. um i feel that same way i don't know if brotherhood is is going to deal with the adventure or the moment where anakin is knighted but i kind of feel that way too of like can we can we just make that animated movie (laughs) yeah that one-off because like that's in him to me this is where i'm really getting to my star wars nerdery that's an important piece of canon the moment he became a knight you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um we still don't have the story of when and how he went and made the skywalker saber that journey to get that kyber crystal you know um and i think for me that it it is my, my a little bit of my pangs about that again not about the quality of the storytelling in the books I love the books. The authors are amazing. The storytelling group does an amazing job. It's about wanting it to be accessible to as many people as possible. And I think that's where the pain comes from.
3: Yeah, which is why when a lot of times, uh, you know, you know, Mando and Boba Fett bringing in other characters and even some moments and stuff uh, in a way, I, I get the, um, hey, we had to do it this way. and had to ch- make some changes and I don't hold on to the stories, but I'm also, it is a little bit of that, like, ah, oh, you missed the story. So uh, following you down that path and following you towards the pangs of, ah, but but so many people are going to miss it. And it's so good. How do we correct that or how do we just or just do we have to live with that? We might just yeah. have to live with that.
2: <laughs> Learn to live with that. I guess the the more hopeful answer to this is it, it is a fun cycle, right? When mm-hmm. uh when Chris pops up and everybody's like, all right, here are the key Chris episodes, episodes, yeah. you know, issues of comic books uh, that you can just look up, you know. Um, I, I got a very nice tweet this weekend, uh, you, you and I did mm. in force center about, Hey, I'm really excited for the Kenobi show. What do you think are like the key Kenobi arcs in clone wars? And and it can be a, a fun mission. If mm. a fan is like, I don't have yeah. time to read all of it, but when something pops up in live action or even an animated show that goes, okay, can you tell me how to follow the complete story of Panaka? <laughs> You're like, mm. yeah. I guess that is the positive side of it is instead of uh, absorbing everything, fans do have the opportunity to go on uh, specific missions.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And, And there's some argument for, Hey, when you, when you, bring in a character that someone knows they might go search other media then it then it kind of feels like a business decision which is not bad at all we're we're trying to keep this stuff profitable and going I get that but uh yeah so I, I'm, I'm behind that idea too and it is fun and it's fun to even kind of go back on those journeys even if you've already taken them of I need to get ready for Kenobi what are things I need to watch to get ready for Kenobi
2: yeah what do I need to refresh on yeah I mean I need to re- I always need to re- uh, refresh on the Inquisitors because their story happens everywhere mm-hmm. um so how do you handle it for yourself personally when there's something uh, coming up that you are not caught up with or familiar with?
3: <laughs> so Eddie, this is the start starting the comic discussion, right? Uh, <laughs> and, and look, and particularly High Republic, where they do such a great job and you never feel and that's the thing. You never feel like you're missing something, but you just have to acknowledge that. I don't understand that yet. So I just kind of shove it into a corner and deal with it later. <laughs> uh, like all right that happened here i'll just i'll i'll, I'll just when i need to you know i, I got to trust that the story uh goes on and and the and the creators and the and the, the company is going to make sure that I, I i do not have to read every comic to understand this chapter of the novel right like right but i just know that put it on a shelf um uh it's kind of a um you know uh it's future storytelling or something for me. It's always going to be there for me to revisit. And uh, what I have to admit, then I kind of don't recognize it as uh official story until I get there. <laughs> Does that make sense?
2: Even <laughs> yeah, like some well, of the stuff. With,
3: hard. Yeah. Even some with the Crimson Dawn, we're going to get into the care of it all soon in a bit. But, but, but like I, I was seeing, you know, I, can, I as I said before on the show, I can't get to my comic shop. I still collect. Comics, not the digital stuff. I can't get to my comic shop anymore regularly. So I just naturally have a have a wall up to the comics. And then I saw some of the, the Kira stuff breaking. It was, it was spoiled for me. But again, I guess it's spoiled when you know you're not going to get to the stories for two months. And I just was like, all right, I don't count it yet. I'll, I'll count it when I read it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> then I'll believe well- it. Yeah. I mean, there is for me, like every once in a while, like I have to acknowledge that there's some storytelling out, like, you know, I finally got caught up on Vader and saw some of the, uh, the most recent run of Vader and saw, saw some of the Sabe stuff. Uh, right. and like, you know, it can be hard when a question comes in like, well, here are all my thoughts. Unless maybe there's something about Sabe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, You got a Sabe question. I'm not entirely, uh, you know, caught up. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, obviously uh, our friends Alex and Molly do an amazing job with Star Wars Explained, and that is just a great, great resource, I think, for people who want to stay caught up. And mm-hmm. you can just Google, do they have a specific video? I've watched the various Inquisitor videos <laughs> yeah. from Star Wars Explained multiple times. Extremely right. helpful. Uh, I do like doing deep dives on Wikipedia. I think that is another uh, mm-hmm. a great resource, um, specifically when there's like something like, I kind of, there's a bell that goes off, like, I know that's connected to legends but I didn't read those as many of those books mm-hmm. so what is it and like that kind of stuff um, uh, mm. and, and for me I'm the same on the comics of I wait until the collected version is out and there yeah. can be like you know especially when something big breaks and they, there can be a lot of articles and stories and reactions I just I just so enjoy reading a little bit more of the completed story and, and trying to mm-hmm. process it for myself
3: yeah 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 I, I, there's some of that too you know uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't binge TV shows that much, but to binge read is it, it, it's a little better for me. Take it in better.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's just, if anybody's listening and feeling like it's hard to keep up, uh, I think uh, we, uh, we relate to that. And again, we have a star Wars podcast. Yes. yes. <laughs> and it's still hard to keep up with everything. So there is this argument that you and I have uh, alluded to that the movies should stand on their own. Uh, we're now in this place where star Wars uh, is really uh, on Disney plus on television shows. Uh, Do you think Mandalorian is standing on its own or requires you to know the tapestry a little bit more? Do you think shows like Ahsoka in particular uh, will stand on its own or should, or, or should it be like, Hey, you can, you can absolutely understand the emotional beats Mm -hmm. of everything happening in, in this show. You can follow along, but if you want to know who that character is and the history of that weapon and the significance of that look, then, we refer you to the tapestry. Uh, how do you feel about all that?
3: I, th- I think going to the business side of it, I think it has to, right? I think we'd all agree on that. It has to stand mm-hmm. on its own. Uh, the the Kersantan one is a great example of actually Cobb Vance before that of, you know, there was not a lot in that Cobb Vance episode that that the episode itself said, you should check out the comic. It just was there. The discourse had to take care of the rest. Uh, Kersantan and Fett had a couple of moments where you could tell there was some history
2: but they don't sit down and talk about the fights they've been in or anything you know another before so i think yeah, that's some some viewers even interpreted that as not paying enough homage yeah. to how much of a history they have
3: right right uh i, I thought garce garcef whip's speech was the most uh the, you know the most canon filled acknowledgement of 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 chrysanthemum's past and I, but I think that's kind of the right way to do it, unless you need to go for it. Unless, unless Santin and Fett needed to sit down and be like, "Hey, remember this moment," I, I, right. I, I, I don't, I, I don't think you need to. So, but, but then there's so this thing uh, I mentioned earlier. But the, it needs to connect to lore. Argument never fully takes for me. I do understand it. I do understand if you go, "Hey, here's this, here's Santin. You want to learn more? And then go buy the other stories I have that we have for you, if you'd like the tapestry." The tapestry yeah. costs money uh, and that's okay. And I don't mean, I'm not saying it cynically, um, but to me, it, a new story connects to lore simply because it exists. New characters yeah. are not. And so I go from that, that side, um, which doesn't mean I don't want connections. Uh, clearly I'm someone who loves a specific era a lot. The, the rebellion versus the empire and even the build up to the rebellion against empire. Uh, some people don't love that. Um, but some people seem to actively fight new characters and new beats and, and I don't like that. So that's why I to, to the big question there. I, I want these shows to continue to stand on their own while being part of the larger universe.
2: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. And yeah, we've already seen like how much like a, a, a new character gets introduced and then they show up, you know, a couple of years later, a lot and people are like, Oh, we're, we're seeing so much of this character. <laughs> yeah. Like new becomes old uh, very, very quickly to that sort of lore perspective argument that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it, it is fascinating to see which characters. Well, let me take a step back. I think Mandalorian works just fine uh, without knowing the tapestry. The first season, in particular, I only mm. I think the only thing you're getting into real look it up territory is the dark saber of like, yeah, you know, you can see that and go, ooh, uh oh, he has a weird scary lightsaber thing, and you get the emotional implications. But if you want to <laughs> yeah. dive into the tapestry, you could. I think the second season got into more of that and, and and I think Book of Boba Fett had that too. But I think all these stories, the arcs of the characters, what they care about, their emotional journey is clear and strong. So mm-hmm. I think that's good and I think that will continue. I think it has to continue uh, to your point of you right, have right. to be able to just watch this and in, in nothing else. Mm-hmm. That said, there are the different kinds of stories. Uh, yeah, Black Crissanton was like... Pfft, <laughs> you don't need to read anything, right? It enhances yeah. it, but his role in his relationship, uh, is entirely clear. Same thing with Cobb Vanth, right? You, you know, everything you need to know, but then you get to like, um, the Armorer's speech, uh, mm-hmm. w- while she is reforging the spear into Grogu's, <laughs> uh, Beskar chainmail uh, little shirt. Um, that's like, uh, uh, armor could have turned to the camera and said, watch these episodes of clone wars. <laughs> right (laughs) this episode of rebels i am also throwing shade at Satine, duchess Mm -hmm. Mm sateen i mean you again you didn't need any of it you're given the context and and i think din is such a powerful character because um din is so ignorant that din Din doesn't know star wars (laughs) right and it's it's so much fun because it does make these things kind of work yeah uh because he's like, tell him he he's asking the armor now. What should I watch? The Clone Wars in chronological order or broadcast order? Like he doesn't know, um, yeah. it, which is really funny. But I guess it, to me, the, the point is like sometimes there's a character of like we need a we need a scary bounty hunter who opposes a Boba Fett, but then becomes an ally. Like mm-hmm. great, we got one. Yeah. You don't need anything, right? Right. But then the armor's speech is like a old you know comic book with the asterisk from the editor of check out these episodes. Uh, totally. You don't need <laughs> yeah. them, but they're far more powerful if mm-hmm. you have some of that context and know. Like, did she just bleep talk Duchess Satine? You know, like, it's, yeah, it's there's a different power.
3: To- totally is, and 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 I think that you you're talking about that balance, and you're talking about um um a lot of people just don't need those details, but the spirit, the emotional canon is what we talk about often. But a lot of times, that came out of just like the the core issues of uh, the core themes of Star Wars. Now they're attached to the story, but now to have these characters kind of syncing up with uh, the needs of the story uh, in the big picture. I love that there. And the the, the armor one's a great example. It was a checklist, indeed.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And even going to like Bo-Katan in the the second season, I think that Mm -hmm. was obviously richer if you knew her story. But you could also totally process it just from Din's perspective of meeting a a different Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. And in fact, a very important Mandalorian and realizing who has to gently tell him, you're part of a cult. Yeah. (laughs) You know, uh, obviously, richer if you know Bocatan. But if you're just processing this, uh, uh, exploring via Den, it works.
3: Yeah, and then uh, you know, I had a, a couple experiences with some people who are not familiar with Bocatan going, "Who's that? I don't like her." <laughs> and I'm like, oh, "I, you're supposed to. I think you're supposed to like it. Well, I don't."
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's watch her first episode where she oh terrorizes a village. Yeah, okay, yeah, all right. She, she makes better choices. Yeah. Um, I'm so fascinated with Ahsoka because obviously Ahsoka grows from uh, animated shows from clone wars from rebels the the one uh, ahsoka book is a very crucial part of her path um mm-hmm. but i think that they absolutely will make the show totally accessible which leads me to, to ask you about ahsoka mm-hmm. do you think that like mandalorian has the function that din doesn't know these things so he he needs them explained so therefore the audience it learns about them it's part of his character do you think there's going to be any any device like that in Ahsoka? Do you think there will be flashbacks? Do you think that she will encounter a, a sidekick who doesn't know Ahsoka canon?
3: <laughs> I, 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 yeah, that's a great point. And we know the you know the Anakin of it all, right, Hayden? That that would lead me to believe that I, I would think um, stories, uh, some scenes. I always hesitate to say flashbacks now, but some scenes in, in in the Clone Wars era. Mm. Another time to help uh, Frame a little bit of it too Especially because it's Ahsoka in a new timeline Is there, you know um, So I think it was that, but yeah, I think you're going to have To have, oddly enough It's funny, you're going to have Ahsoka's going to have to have an Ahsoka <laughs> <laughs> Meaning Little Snips shows up and is our Guide <laughs> through the Clone Wars era during this time Yes, we know all these characters, but without A doubt, she's the entry point character For a lot of people yeah. A lot of fans. So I think Ahsoka herself might need an Ahsoka.
2: Yeah. But I think if you are the kind of fan who who hasn't watched the animated series, is interested in uh, yeah. what we're calling the tapestry, uh, there's a great targeted rewatch list of Clone Wars and Rebels mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. to enhance and- the uh, Ahsoka experience. Enhance. The yeah. And look, Disney, Disney Plus does a great job.
3: And by the way, I pay every month for the subscription. So I'm just uh, saying this out of the kindness of my heart. Uh, <laughs> they're so good. You log in. Here's some Kiyosaka episodes and, and they have a whole list of uh, Rebels and Clone Wars episodes for you to watch. Uh, yeah. They, they, you know, they have the Vader collection to, and they're going to be able to add more. And I'm sure you'll see an Obi-Wan pop up uh, too. That, that's, I love that.
2: Yeah. Oh, I'm very excited for that. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think we've already, already talked a little bit about this, but I do want to make sure that I, I get your thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm challenged by the big moments happening in books and comics like we talked about. Uh, not because I dislike print or think they're less than, but I... If, feel that pull for them to be experienced on screen and wanting more people to know them. Uh, Do you think that's where any of your feeling comes from that you want more people to experience them and think that will happen if it's on screen? Yeah. um,
3: Almost. Yeah. Yeah. This is where I'm I'm really with you on it. Um, I think I I go to Kira more than uh, any Mm. character because it's a character that I love, you love, we love, so many people love and then the rumors of what could have been or ideas. And then, you know, Disney plus pops up and suddenly the world of possibilities of characters getting their own shows. And she was always on the list. And she does come back and she comes back in a comic run and it's, it's good. Like I, I finally finished the run though. The war, of the bounty, bounty hunters didn't hit for me on, on a lot of levels, but uh, now we got, you know, the, the, the crimson rain comic Kira's back, man. I'm so thrilled. I also didn't touch that comic book for two months and it still kind of doesn't feel right. And I still almost think it doesn't count. And that's, be really having to, you know, like, I'm just like, yeah, this is great stuff. And you have like Kevin Scott and all these big people behind it, behind, behind all these war, of the bounty on stories. I could still see a Disney plus series coming and kind of wiping some of that away.
2: Uh, Charles soul, right? Charles
3: soul. Did I say Kevin Scott. I was thinking about Jackson. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Charles soul. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I'm, I'm saying this, I'm like admitting the fault here. Like, I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was, I was not super excited about her coming back in a comic book. And and but it's there. And I think when I'm ready to really go back and revisit, revisit it again, I've read every issue now. But w- when I want to, maybe I'll go back and take it in with a different mindset and letting go of detaching from it has to be live action. Amelia Clark has to be in that role. Now I can just appreciate the character and maybe get over that disappointment and, and get over myself to, to find what's in the story.
2: I think maybe that is a, a great way to talk about it. For me, I think there's uh, the desire to have the kind of big, important story beats as accessible as possible. Um, But I think it is uh, about availability for the story to be told on screen. Like, I think the reason that, like, maybe some of the big uh, beats around the Clone Wars, like Obi-Wan meeting Asajj, Anakin's Mm. knighthood, and and maybe Scar uh, being in a book. uh, Like, well, because those actors are actively (laughs) doing Star Wars right now. And... Mm -hmm a lot of that story was told in animation. So that continues to be a possibility. Uh, Same thing with, we're, we're we're breaking the barrier with having Luke on screen. Let's have him talk to Anakin on screen. So I think the fact that it's kind of, it's possible gives me more, um, Mm -hmm. uh, makes me wrestle with it more. And in particular with Kira, like Charles Soule is amazing. One of my favorite writers. I'm so glad that he uh, Mm -hmm. loves Kira and uh, fought to, to put her in this continuity and and flesh Mm -hmm. her out. Mm -hmm. But i i think maybe it is just also you know age of just like amelia clark can be kira for about you know mm-hmm. can play her in this exact era for 20 years <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> 30 years whatever maybe with digital technology forever but you know what yeah. i mean i'm yeah, like yeah. i think the anxiety is mm-hmm. i i want every kira story we can possibly get i don't want to make it impossible to tell a live action story with Amelia Clark. Cause I think she's a yeah. phenomenal actor and she's alive. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, yeah, it's different with like Tarkin, you know, because mm-hmm. yeah, hundred mm-hmm. you know,
3: well, we had that. remember we had a discussion before anything was uh, solidified with Kenobi rumors of the movies and whatnot, where I think I remember you saying with kind of that same level of, uh cut of, kind of uh, urgency of <laughs> Ewan McGregor is literally the perfect age. We have this moment. We need to take it please, please the moment yeah. yeah i and mean so I think it is
2: yeah so many fans have had you know uh, sometimes expressed politely sometimes uh, not at all polite uh, of wanting more with the original trilogy characters in the sequel or wanting scenes mm-hmm. with them together and you do have that like what if what if it was a different world and lucas was like rap revenge of the sith 2008 here comes you know yeah so there is that reality when there's an actor who is tied to the character to be like, now is the time, you know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and
3: I, I want to, just you know, make sure I'm clear, like, love that uh, Charles Soul, love Kira, love that the character's back, and we have it. And sometimes nothing is, you know, something's better than nothing, right? Um, which is, again, sounds like I'm uh, slagging off those comics. I'm not. But it just yeah, yeah, I just was, I remember, because again, it got spoiled for me. And when I saw that was the character coming back, I literally went, ah, oh, all right. <laughs> I could not, not like, yeah, Kara's back. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I'll head to the comic shop next week. Then I guess,
2: Yeah, versus an announcement of Amelia
3: uh, Clark is Kira, you know, which is, yeah. yeah who knows? Yeah.
2: Uh, I haven't, uh, I have read many, many spoilers, uh, but I got to download those comics, uh, into the now, uh, what I'm told is broken app and I have not dealt with that yet. <laughs> so there's that yeah. fun anxiety for, uh, for reading yeah. them on online, uh, but yeah, it's nothing like we're talking about. It's nothing against the storytelling or the medium. It's about that desire uh, to make sure there's still, still room to tell, yeah. uh, tell those stories. Uh, some of those stories on screen, as mm-hmm. long as we can someday get uh, Kira versus Mall: Crimson Dawn Disney Plus show.
3: <laughs> be great and again i you know i, I want to make sure i get out of my own way right i want to yep, get out of exactly. my own way to to enjoy what's there and we are here we're lucky enough to celebrate this big tapestry as we keep calling it and uh it's just a reminder but again as we said at the
2: top of this episode having to face some dark truths about myself yeah well we we have done some wrestling with the dark side uh, staying positive we're going to take a quick break and then we are going to talk about some specific moments in specific mediums i'm sure we have a little wrestling left to do but there's also going to be a lot of celebrating of the absolutely great crucial moments of storytelling that happen all over the star wars tapestry in every medium all that in just a moment We are back to continue our discussion of does it matter where the Star Wars story is told? Uh, we have had conflicting answers, even in our soul. So <laughs> we're going to explore more of that. Uh, we're going to talk about the different mediums. Uh, Ken, why do you think the animated series, plural, uh, have become such an important place for Star Wars storytelling? I think with all the discussions mm-hmm. you can have about uh, books and comics and in video games and all sorts of different places where storytelling has... I, I don't think many people would argue that some of the storytelling in Clone Wars, in Rebels, and even Resistance isn't essential. So why, why do you think they've become so such an important place for storytelling? I'll start here. They're really great. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, but meaning the quality is, is,
3: is the start of it. If they weren't good, you could toss them aside, right? Right. Uh, and, and now you have a lot of fans constantly championing them from many different generations of fandom, many different ages, many different backgrounds. I uh, have had many conversations with friends like, no, no, I know what you're saying. You got to give Clone Wars a a chance. Or I know what you're saying. Stick through season one. I know there's some things Mm -hmm. that maybe are a little harder to get through. The show grows, the show matures. Rebels, the great example. I still have some folks who Never seen Rebels. We have we even have some listeners who are very open hearted and are doing rewatches and posting about it in our Discord of, mm. uh, or even first time through Rebels of you know I never yeah. I never did, did get past season one. I'm gonna and, uh, and and the reward is great and I think I love that. But it it it's good. Um, it it, ha- it has to be good. I think that's that's the biggest uh, thing for me. Uh, and there's something I don't, I don't know about the animation of all. Maybe we can, you you can help me through that side. But I'll <laughs> say there's something about. Uh, long form storytelling and how that has just become the preferred method for fandoms overall. Hmm. doesn't mean this, and this isn't about movies, not being in theaters versus streaming. I'm just talking big event. Television has been around now for 20 years, but really the last 10, 15 years is when it really exploded and people just want and feel whether, whether right or wrong, they just feel you get more out of them. And rebels really falls in that clone wars is from a different era. But mm-hmm. rebels right in the center of that 2014 and the people that were awarded, the people that were there on board got to grow with those characters got to change got to cry got to su- feel success got to celebrate uh so at the end of it you just felt like you were in it man versus solo was great I don't know just it it, it just went through mm-hmm. with the world they didn't save the world you know and we love solo here um mm-hmm. some of the rise of skywalker I, I i but even i say it like at the end of the day, I'm glad we're getting a Kenobi TV series and not a movie, because I now get to spend six plus hours with Kenobi and not two.
2: Yeah, I, I think it, it's maybe the the movie versus long longer form storytelling um, mm-hmm. is maybe about as uh, as audience tastes change we we want to just plain spend more time with characters. Uh, but we also just want to know more right like mm-hmm. there's you know working on on multiple scripts uh, for both uh, uh, tv shows and movies movies are an art of like we all sorts of questions are left unanswered we we, we paint a portrait of who this character is in this moment and then hey audience it's up to you to guess what formative child moment they had or what's their favorite Mm -hmm. (laughs) meal or did they ever resolve things with that one side character? Do we ever learn why, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. his aunt hates him? Like, uh, (laughs) you know, movies are designed to be a snapshot in a world. Mm -hmm. And I think we've really just become particularly with genre fandom, a, a audience who wants as many, answers (laughs) Mm -hmm. as we can possibly possibly have um and and i think that the longer storytelling allows us to not just spend quality time with characters but to explore everything about them right uh satine's art isn't just like a side detail to give Mm her uh you know some extra identity and in the rebels two-hour movie that's an ensemble movie we get to explore that aspect of her life along with her aspect as a mandalorian as this, as mm-hmm. that, you know, there's so much more room to explore the characters. And, and, and this is a
3: different podcast. We, we will start a movie center uh, is, uh, the, you know, now we have all these big event movies are three hours <laughs> Right, <laughs> just think. Even the creators, like, what if we just put two more scenes to explain uh, uh, her art, <laughs> as opposed to just being to something that you pick up in the background on page three of the screenplay that we know we we have to get in there? Uh, you know what I mean? And I, I yeah. just, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever go back. And I, I have no, by the way, no problem with this i look you know you you, you how many times do I, do I not shut up about game of thrones because i got to spend 73 hours with these characters <laughs> uh i love that i love that um so i think that's a big reason but again it and it it because it, it, it's good it's good content and that's why yes
2: uh i think that is a very good answer uh back to the original question mm-hmm. about the animated series that uh um Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's fascinating that they've become such an important place. And I think it, because they're good is a great answer. But it's also, I think, um, obviously Filoni, but Lucas as as the creator of Star Wars, the one saying, hey, what do I want to do with this mm-hmm. animated show? I think is just a huge, uh, uh, can't be underestimated, fundamental shift for Lucas to go from, yeah, I let people do the books and the comics and all of his quotes about that's their Star Wars and they have fun. Um, And the dabbling that I've done in in Star Wars is it's R2 and 3 P, and they have adventures and it's Ewoks. They have adventures Mm. for Lucas to finish the prequels and then go, you know what? I want to spend more time with the essential main characters of my saga and introduce new ones. Mm. But starting from that point of, you know what, animation an animated series doesn't have to be the little side adventures, you know. Uh, this doesn't have to be Zam Wessel's bounty hunting adventures because we're just following a side character Uh, and that is not a dig against Zam Wessel, just an example Mm -hmm. of a character with a smaller role Uh, the idea that we could tell essential truths (laughs) of the story, we could paint the picture of exactly how the Jedi Order fell we could give humanity to the clones and make Mm -hmm. them you know, it's this great sense of why not, right, of Mm -hmm. Why, why does an animated series have to be not as important in terms of storytelling? Like, I think in some ways, right. Clone Wars answers the, the question of this episode of our podcast of yeah. Lucas saying, yeah, no, I don't need side characters and follow their little side adventure in the Clone Wars. Uh, mm. uh, I, it, it's the main story of the Clone yeah. Wars with a lot of new characters, but also the main characters of the movies. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that changed everything, right? I, uh, yeah, really, really did. Uh, especially if you go back and watch droids in, in, and Ewoks, which are fun, but like a, just from an entirely different world than the Clone Wars, which broke it wide open too. this is just as important as what happens in the movies.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, it's funny. I'm thinking about the Clone Wars one, too, where I just remember in the early days staring at Kenobi on screen in animated form and thinking, whoa, like I'm watching a Kenobi. That's Kenobi. <laughs> I've like yeah. been watching a Kenobi story and I was blown away by that. So I think you're right. Uh, that that was a huge uh, change in, in the landscape. Whereas like Rebels, we know where Rebels goes, right? And then even Ahsoka, Vader, Inquisitors, uh, Kenobi, Maul. You know, if that was in, made in 1997, it just would have been Ezra. And, right. And Chopper.
2: Yeah. And they never would have met any of those other big yeah. characters most likely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Most yeah and i think yeah, to, yeah. yeah and i think to your point uh, it, boba fett showed up in droid so i don't want to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah i don't want to slander droids of uh, the cartoon um yeah but i think to your point also just i think there's something about star wars that it, it grows uh, partially from serialized storytelling so i think the fact that you can kind of have uh, cliffhangers week to week of how they're going to get out of this one. They're not really framed that way. They aren't the super big serial, although sometimes I'd be like it if, like, how will Ezra survive this challenge? I'd like that sometimes. Uh, but without being as direct cliffhanger, it's still got that feeling of serialized storytelling. I
3: absolutely agree with that.
2: Absolutely. So, uh, what is a, a favorite moment for you, uh, story, canon, lore? Uh, what's a favorite moment that is important to the tapestry of Star Wars to you that comes from an animated series?
3: Yeah, so I, I think this was when I was going to mention some of my twins' son stuff, but I'm I'm <laughs> going to broaden that out here. Uh, the the biggest to me is the long play with Maul. It's still mm. even even especially because we're doing the Clone Wars report rewatch. It still baffles me on some level that it worked at all, let alone so great. Testament to everyone, including George, going, yeah bring him back." But everyone who made that happen, including Whitworth, the way he voiced everything. It's insane to me. And there's that thing that was going on with, I think our buddies at Star Wars Minute did something with Paul F. Tompkins on air. They, that clip went around of Paul F. Tompkins learning that Maul came back and had spider legs. And it was hilarious. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, I, I have a sense of humor about it too. And we, you and I joke about the spider legs too. But to, seriously, to go from that to what we end up with, with him dying in the arms of, of Kenobi and, and mm-hmm. tears in all of our eyes, that's insane to me that they pulled that off.
2: Right, that is a great example of. Yeah, it's not just a little sub adventures. It mm-hmm. is this character who, in 1999, was the face of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, on uh, his face plastered on almost every surface that could have a face applied to it. Right, yeah, <laughs> uh, from Taco Bell to towels, mall. Right, uh, couldn't be more of a of a symbol of the movies. Uh, it then mm-hmm. becomes this rich, a uh, full character with this long fascinating life yeah uh, they, in animated form
3: they long play it so it, it's a it's such a long play and and, and they didn't know right it, it the clone Wars series there's no thoughts that disney's gonna buy it that this thing called streaming's gonna none of that so they rolled with the punches they they they, they adapted and, and they and they kept it going and they found a way to make it connect and all work and and it's that that's a big success for me it's big overall one
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul F. Tompkins, very funny guy. I've got to uh, yeah. hang out with him a little bit. The, what the one of my <laughs> uh a funny thing about kind of what we're talking about in Paul F. Tompkins is he did a voice on Resistance, mm-hmm. um, at one point, and then on Twitter he he got I don't know what made him think this, but he had tweeted something. I was like, uh, I guess I I guess that i guess i was on a cartoon so i i guess i'm being told i'm not canon <laughs> uh, so i tweeted him as like the episode was great you did a great job in 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 your canon and it kind of it, it struck me as like the 21st century existential crisis that we all have of like <laughs> am i canon or am i legends do i is my story valid does it actually belong in the tapestry of storytelling
3: I definitely feel as though I'm expanded universe, but that weird one-off comic issue that everyone's like, did you know there was a crab? He was like a crab in crab
2: arms and he was a rebel officer.
3: Did you know that guy?
2: Oh, Sergeant yeah, I mean, Crabby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, that is really weird to think of that as like the, the way that uh, Paul F. Tompkins very comically reacted to, he came back and had spider Like People would be like, Ken Namsock was a, a security <laughs> manager at a mall. Is that canon? <laughs> There's not legends, just, Ken Nabsok. I just had that conversation this weekend at the, somebody, somebody yeah, I, up, somebody, you,
3: you, I, I see you, you look like you're standing on watch. I said, well, let me tell you why.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, great, great stuff to be, to be needed, to be canon. We all ask yeah. sometimes, am I canon? Uh, yeah, that, that is such a great answer. Uh, I was having a hard time kind of containing myself to one thing. Cause there's so much essential storytelling uh, that happens. It, Everything from like major events, character arcs like Mall to just uh, building out the world. I think one of the things that I love about the animated shows, is they had that great spirit of why not, of we're going to talk about big, deep things, but Star Wars pulls from so many sources and, and we can play with that. Of like, there's always mm-hmm. the implication that uh, anything is possible through uh, the force and everybody is after these different, weird, uh, secret. Temples and objects and for rebels to do the uh, world between worlds and go like, well, here's one of them, you know? Yeah. Like just that world building is one example to me. That's, that's super important. Mm. It's a big, the galaxy of star Wars is is a big, wild, strange world. And I love the moments we're reminded of that. Um, Mm. uh, A couple other quick examples. Um, I don't want to be over Obi-Wan focus, but the existence of Satine, you know, yeah, yeah. Satine as a character, the idea of somebody who tried to take a, a, a society that it was destroying itself um because of its absolute allegiance to domination being what defines you and gives you value, mm. to have that character, she is important and fascinating by herself, and then to have the relationship with Obi-Wan and to see the Jedi is truly, truly complex. Uh, people and Satine is such an important part of that so I, I put her really high on one of the most yeah. important uh, I, characters and ideas in an animated series
3: yeah so I'm right there with you on that because I, I put the the love story that that uh, wasn't if you will but it's a love story of Satine mm-hmm. and Kenobi but that's one of um, not even a specific moment but definitely her existence and you said it so well of just this wonderful character that also had this relationship with Kenobi I, that's one of the ones I I wish I could pluck out and in certain to people's minds who, who haven't watched this stuff, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Oh gosh, you know what you, you, the Dutch and Satine, such a great, uh, I just wish I could grab a wizard wand and <laughs> pull, pull a memory <laughs> out and put it into you. Um, cause I would, I want y'all to experience the mall Stuff's great. And I, you know, I don't, I, I get the joke, uh, but yeah, yeah, he moved past the spider legs. Trust me, trust me, it gets better. But, but the Satine and Obi-Wan one is so powerful and so wonderful and so sweet and so tragic. Yeah. I wish y'all could experience yeah.
2: it. Yeah. Uh, other one i'm going to throw out there and limit myself is i think they have such power to take uh things from the the movies that you can kind of infer and give them such life and such specificity i think all the time about the story of the clone wars is that uh people had legitimate problems with the republic because it had started to become decrepit and palpatine Mm. had made it even worse on purpose (laughs) so Mm. these people who had legitimate concerns and then and they thought they were following the political idealist dooku and they were being manipulated by a sith lord Mm. um that's implied in the crawl of revenge of the sith of heroes on both sides so then for the clone wars to be able to actually do an episode called heroes on both sides right Mm. yeah and you can see the face of that story I love Mm. when the animated series can do things like that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That. And then uh, I guess the flip side of that is the anytime Padme can give a big speech.
2: (laughs) Yes. I mean, Padme's uh, Padme's perspective is made Mm -hmm. so much clearer. Her uh, literal list of political agenda of the bills she is trying to pass and why. (laughs) Yeah. Incredibly Mm. important. Anyway. Mm. Uh, We are going to move on so we can cover the other media as well. Let's talk about books. Uh, Starting with Splinter of the Mind's Eye, (laughs) Mm. Star Wars has expanded the story in books. That's been a big part of its history. So uh, do important moments in books ever feel buried to you? Do they feel like hidden treasure? We talked about this a little bit of wanting to Mm. see them on screen and wanting to make them accessible. But I guess maybe, um, so we talked about it from a negative perspective. So let me ask Mm. it from a positive perspective. Do they ever feel like hidden treasure? That you feel like, ooh, I can't believe yeah. I found this great truth buried in this secret tome.
3: Yeah, no, Hidden Treasures is absolutely the way to look at it. And, and uh, it, it is fun. And it is fun when, it's number one, it's fun when I remember them. <laughs> <'Cause> sometimes <laughs> I'm like, wait, what was revealed there? I, gotta, I just got to have an Excel sheet of uh, all the big reveals or things I love in books. Um, no, no, I, you know, I mentioned Leia, Princess of Alderaan. And that's a good example. I mentioned like that Tarkin uh, dinner scene. I did a with the author, a food author uh, Dan Whalen. We did a Star Wars ranked uh, about food scenes in mm. Star Wars. Right? I forgot about that. I even wrote them after. I was like, I can't believe I forgot about the Tarkin one. And I think I think I had inserted it last minute, if I remember correctly. I had it like up my list or something. Uh, and it's just such a great scene because I just it, it it was these books have uh, it's so much content, so many pages that they they just kind of naturally become hidden treasures, and it's just kind of fun. It's kind of fun to review that and go back. So I think that uh, that's the that's the right way to look at it.
2: Yeah, it's really, I think I've had that really moments where I really enjoy um, not just the stories of the book, but feeling like I am uh, being rewarded for being immersed in this world, right? And mm. it isn't like I pat myself on the back, I'm so clever. It's just like I enjoy it, <laughs> literally, as a person. If I never had a podcast or never told another person mm-hmm. about it, you know, when I'm reading like Rebel Rising and really enjoying it, and it's getting closer to when it's going to tie up with Rogue One. Uh, but there's this real specific effort to leave a bunch of room for Jen adventures, and it just kind of casually lists some of the places that she hangs out, and one of them is Takadana. Like that's mm. not even like a deep—that's not a deep lore thing, <laughs> you know. Right, it's one of the right. big, big planets from that big movie, right? But just the kind of the imagination that that sparks—just that one mm. line, right? Of mm-hmm. knowing, ooh, there's that possibility there. I love those moments of what mm. other stories are created, what are, what other possibilities of stories are created
3: yeah i love that i love the i love the uh, for some reason you made me think of like when i think it's dark disciple like dengar's in a bar and there's like ah dengar's here yeah love it yeah.
2: <laughs> yep you'll you'll love to see it you'll love to yeah. see dengar in a bar it just tracks mm-hmm. uh so what are uh what are of uh, what is or are uh a favorite moments of story canon lore that happen in books
3: when we talk about the hidden treasures. I immediately went to Lords of the Sith by Paulus Kemp, which I think is a hidden treasure of a book because it was so early yeah. in the canon run that I don't think ever, a lot of people either didn't read it or just don't remember it. Um, it was so, so good. But one of the things I loved about it is like, that's the first spot that I heard Darth Vader, the Vader that I uh, know and I, I guess love, I don't know, uh, that Vader. Mention Ahsoka and and have a memory of Ahsoka. It's when the ship is crashing. Right. And it, it shook me in this in a positive way of, and to this point, to this whole conversation we're having, and it's a book, and talking about an animated series, but it was like, to me, the first time that I felt Vader was acknowledging that show I watched.
2: <laughs> yes, there's that specific memory of like the last time that he was above this planet. And yeah. it's a specific episode of uh-huh. Clone Wars in a specific moment. And yeah, it's that validation that you have. And also it's great storytelling. So that's that tension of like, you remember your entire life and you you pull from it mm-hmm. uh, but you also deny it in what um, imagining yeah. being in that place you know mm-hmm. that he has to be in so there's a it's it's rich as a story and a character moment but also like totally like yeah yeah like vader just gave a positive review of clone wars on letterboxd you know <laughs> he did snoops
3: yeah and, and 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 now it's almost commonplace and you know rebels they they meet and all these things. It was the first big one out of the gate. We're still dealing with new canon. Clone Wars is still fresh in our minds, but it was like, how are they gonna connect? And and you know, Ahsoka, clearly, this is before season seven uh, had happened of Clone Wars, the lost uh, the Clone War Saved. You know, how does Ahsoka factor into that character we know and mm-hmm. that we've all lived with for so long? It just I, I just it blew me away. Love that and I love that book. Can't recommend that book enough. It's kind of wild and weird, it has creatures. Chasing Palpatine and Vader, we have Imperial World Guards in action, and Ryloth and all this stuff. Uh, it's really good. I, I can't recommend uh, that one enough. If you haven't taken a dive,
2: yeah, a lot of those Twilight characters are ones that, like, okay, that that character pops up here, and then later mm-hmm. in this book, and then on this yeah. animated series. That is a great one. If you love, uh, you know, the tapestry connections being, mm-hmm. you know, all over the place. And Lord's there's been a lot more comics that have dealt with this. But I remember when Revenge of the Sith, uh, you know, first came out, is like, okay, so then. This is just it for Vader like uh the at mm-hmm. the time I thought like well the well, the rebellion doesn't really get going for a while right so like is is Vader just standing by Palpatine's <laughs> side while Palpatine's telling him his favorite foods like yeah and and to get that picture of like oh of course of course it's the constant testing the constant prove yourself to the dark side you know
3: it's uh man that's almost a different uh conversation yeah. but I I remember having to learn that especially in the early vader comics of the modern run uh when i said learn that of just like i grew up kind of thinking what you thought vader turned he turned sides to change teams all good we meet with him again in new hope (laughs) like he's he got a new job got a new job he took it got a new uniform he's good
2: got 19 years of just tedium which is obviously not true now many great 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 stories and in in powerful stories because it's yeah. It is uh, made explicit in some of these, uh, you know, more recent uh, Vader runs about them going like, I have to keep teaching him yeah. the cycle of the dark side.
3: Love it. And I love I love I remember early on in the comics just going, oh, the comic is teaching me this. And I love it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh, man. Th- that's a great example. Um, you alluded to this. I think it is going to be always my my all time favorite canon from books, which is spread out across Multiple books, but it is the the and movies. Uh, but it is the epic saga of Panaka, right? Um, yeah. You see him in Phantom Menace, and he could be like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's he's the he's he does some exposition work uh, along with the many <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. from C.O. Bibble to Rick Ollier to Panaka, all doing some heavy exposition lifting in that movie. But he's he's a security guy, great. Yeah. Um. But then the books make so much of that and paint this great Star Wars storytelling. That in Phantom Menace, he's the hero. But then we learn from uh, some books, like, okay, but he's kind of got that fear of what if, what if. We have to build up the security. We have to be ready for attack. And that great discussion of how much of that is practical and how much of that is giving into fear. So that he's given into that fear. So by the time his old buddy from Naboo, uh, Palpatine, uh, becomes a horrible dictator, he doesn't realize it. Because he's just all on board about security. Yeah. And to see this hero become a moth, to be, have it become Moth uh, uh, Panaka. And then, um, mm-hmm. and now I'm kind of questioning whether I should say all these things because I <laughs> want yeah, uh, yeah, people to check these out. You know what? I'm going to stop myself and just say, uh, <laughs> in Rebel Rising, there are some moments where multiple points of wonderful Star Wars, delicious Star Wars storytelling converge on Panaka. Mm-hmm. And it is beautiful. Yeah.
3: All roads lead to Banaka,
2: but it just—it's just a—it's just a, a perfect portrait, yeah, yeah, of how somebody could go from being aligned in the movie and coded in the movie as a good guy to somebody making mistakes and and mm-hmm. writhing in tragedy. Mm-hmm. And it's spread out over multiple books. And I think for for some people that'd be like, well, yeah, they should just lay out the story and tell it in order. And like, I get that some stories should be. But this is, this is the gift of the tapestry when it is, mm-hmm. when it does work. It's, it's the reward, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. I just keep I keep having this growing list of, uh, I'm going to reread that Star Wars book <laughs> and I just know I'll probably never get to it. So I'll, I'll get there eventually. Rebel rising. Yeah.
2: yeah. One other detail for me, there's a ton of them. This, this could mm-hmm. go on and mm-hmm. on, but one yeah, other yeah. thing I wanted to shout out, I love the detail in bloodline that, uh, the New Republic uh, was set up to try to uh, have as many voices as possible, you know, to mm-hmm. all ex- express themselves and these parties grew out of that. And that's a natural thing that's going to happen. you are going to have uh, parties and it all worked while Mon Moth was still there because she held it together through, mm-hmm. uh, you just, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, political acumen and charm and everybody respected her. Yeah. And when Mon Moth left, they didn't quite have the system set up the way it should mm-hmm. be, and it started mm-hmm. to fall apart and that's always just been one of those like god that's that's that that can be so true of organizations of you think mm-hmm. it works, but it's because you have a leader who really fills the gaps, yeah, and when that leader leaves, it starts falling apart, and you realize the structure the mm-hmm. actual organization isn't as well structured as you thought it was that person holding it together. I love that detail
3: uh yeah yeah and you uh, you mentioned bloodlines. I mean, the the fact that the galaxy didn't really know about Leia, Luke, and Vader, right? That's kind of important, right? That's kind of a big deal. And how I had another one of those moments of, oh, yeah, I just thought the other way for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> that it was all in the news that night. Battle of Endor won. <laughs> Luke and Leia, their father, was the one uh, behind it all. I, you just grew up thinking that. And I uh, love it. It makes so much more sense to go the other way.
2: But now I want to see the Ewok uh, press release, the press conference,
3: <laughs> Dateline Endor. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know that 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 was a giant moment, giant moment. I think I forget that we had that happened in a book. So yeah. I want to go to Ken at the beginning of the podcast and say, you know, make sure you're make sure you're accepting of all mediums.
2: Yep, keep your, keep your mind open, uh, which is a good transition to us, um, I think, maybe struggling a little bit more. Uh, we have both struggled at times with Star Wars comics um, to keep up, uh, to remember details. I think in general, I like, I know there's some comics you love, but some you struggle with. In general, I, I like most of them, but I do struggle to keep up, and I struggle sometimes to remember beats in details. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think is uh, the, the challenge for you, ultimately, with the comics as a medium?
3: I, I wish I knew. Cause I get grumpy real fast. And then, <laughs> then when you break it down, I'm like, well, no, I like in general, everything, but I just, I just, something about, um, first of all, I love collecting the, the covers of comics are art to me. I just yeah. love collecting that. That's one of the reasons I keep going back. Even if I maybe I've, I've stuck with comic series uh, that I'm grown away, grown apart from just to get the covers. Right. Uh, I really love that. So I want to start from there. I am a comic fan. Um, I, the, the Star Wars comics are, I think have the room to take wilder swings and it's more weird Star Wars, which is wonderful. And I, I, that there's a thing out there, make, keep Star Wars weird or keep, you know, mm-hmm. weird Star Wars, the best Star Wars. That isn't always my favorite Star Wars. So I think that's the big challenge. I look, look, Jackson was a comic book creation and I learned to love him in a short story that wasn't a comic, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the comic didn't do it for me, uh, his existence. So I think I start there. Where we're gonna go into some examples and I'm gonna say one I absolutely love of Aphra, but the Aphra's this character I love. I love the character actor. There's a character showed up and I wasn't sure of. There's some episodes of Jedi Lions where I was kinda not making fun, but just like, what are we getting here? Vader's got a fangirl. I don't understand what we're getting. And this character grows to be so much more and mean so much to so many people and i love that about afra but i still don't connect with a lot of the beats in the story not her the characters or her point of view but a lot of the beats in the story i'm like it's just weird man <laughs> and i can't follow it sometimes that is the, that is my relationship with star wars comics in a nutshell every time i get an issue i'm so excited and i sometimes finish it and go i don't really know what i read i liked it i don't know what i i just took it <laughs> <laughs> You know, and there's some great and we talk about some great powerful moments. I'm I'm signaling out after because, again, a character I love. And then I think to myself, man, it'd be so great to get that character in live action. And it's like, oh, there's the issue again. Right. I'm not until she's in live action. I guess I don't count. I don't you know. It, it, it frustrates me that I can't just uh, take it all as it stands.
2: Yeah, I, I think. um I think for Afro, I mean, some of that's got to be wanting more people to see her, which yes. obviously more people will see her if she had a live action Disney Plus show than just these great comics.
3: And she's perfect for it. It's perfect. That's exactly what you want.
2: Yeah, and she is an, like I've been saying. I've been rewatching Indiana Jones, into really a lot of different moments to where they kind of bring in the I- ideas of archaeology or discovery, but to just specifically make this archaeologist character, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and bring that energy into Star Wars, uh, centered around this specific character. Lots of other things going on with Afra as well, but that's the mm-hmm. starting point, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think I think for me is um, you know I grew up such a comic book person, mm-hmm. and they've. They have changed, and my relationship with them has changed. They used to just be so much more dense. There just used to be more words, right, Yes. Uh, per per issue. Uh, so I think I'm geared to feeling like I'm going to have a big meal, and they've just changed over the years. So it's, uh, you know, I, I feel like what I used to get in one issue is now like, oh, that's a six-issue story arc. And if I sit down mm-hmm. and read that, it'll be kind of the experience I had when I was a kid. That's a good uh, point. Which is, they've just changed. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just life. Um, So I do prefer reading them as graphic novels so I can kind of get the full arc of the story. I think I also, because I just want to uh, take in so much Star Wars, I often read them quickly and late at night. And I think I read them quickly with the, okay, I finally got this. Mm -hmm. uh i wonder what happens i remember everybody was big about this beat or this moment or i don't know what happens but i'm really interested and i read it quickly for what happens Mm -hmm. and i think a part of it for me is um i when i was a kid my relationship with those comics was uh i had nothing else yeah (laughs) so uh my one issue of new teen titans per month i would read 17 times Mm -hmm. and study the pictures Mm -hmm. and i'd Don't have time to do that we don't do comic reviews Mm -hmm. uh in general we did a big one of rise of kylo ren and now i think about that one all the time and i'm kind of obsessed with it um and i wonder if part of it is uh for me is the the i'm not taking as much time with the comics because you and i don't review them for four center
3: it's so funny i think you're right And, and this is total uh our, exp- our own experiences and, 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 and taste. But yeah, I, I I have almost every frame of G.I. Joe comics memorized from 84. <laughs> like I can tell you now, what, well, you know what I mean? Like uh, then the tank goes underneath the parade room. Like because I, I <laughs> you're right. You're right. That was life. I, just, it's, I literally read them 15 times a week. The same issues, Robotech comics, all the stuff, you know, life changes, but goes on. And yeah, I don't spend time with them. And as much as we, you know, uh, come up uh, on these microphones and say, engage with the story they're presented to you. Ask why, ask why. When it gets to the comics, it's it's a what for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I do flip through and I do flip through pretty fast. There's uh, less words. So you're looking at the pictures, uh, you know, which is they're great m- pictures. Most of the time, beautiful art, beautiful art. Uh, and, and I think I, I close, I close the page and go, all right, what happened? All right, I'll, I'll see where that goes. And that's on me. That's again, none of this is on the creators no uh, that's a lot of what this conversation is about today of just like how can you push past your own limitations and, and i think that's it and 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 i'm excited like we're going to go back into the son of dathomir arc i can't wait to revisit that comic for the clone wars report and and spend more time with it because i just don't spend time
2: yeah with others. yeah i think that's it for me is like i i because i'm just trying to keep up with the what i i don't get to spend as much time with it and i i enjoy the vast majority um of the comics uh uh, you know Mm -hmm. i have i have some favorites and i have art styles that i prefer more than others and i have some stories where like oh i that kind of answers this question like i think some of the star wars mainline sometimes for me answers more questions than i like i figured luke picked up some lightsaber skills i don't know if i felt like i needed here's here's who he trained with then like it's fine but i didn't need that answer you know um, yep. So I think for myself, probably because uh, I grew up with the original trilogy, I think maybe I have a little pushback sometimes of like, I'm fine imagining it. I've been imagining it <laughs> most yeah. of my life. I don't you know, like in that, again, totally subjective, totally based on who I am. My age It's not about mm-hmm. the actual comics. It's about my relationship with the story.
3: Yeah, they, they take these giant swings. The War of the Bounty Hunters was a tremendously giant swing by taking something that is actually pretty, pretty legit. Does Boba Fett go straight from Cloud City? to Jabba's palace and Chewie and uh, Lando follow him shortly thereafter. And they just all stay there for almost a year or did something else happen? Yeah. And they take on those swings, uh, take those swings, take on those questions. And I think it's good, but I think I'm like, you like, I I don't know. I've had my own thoughts on that for years and I'll, I'll live with (laughs)
2: us. Yeah. I just read the, uh, the arc where very quickly after the events of empire, they go back to Bespin. Um, uh, yeah, that one was, I thought that was, a, I thought it was a, I immediately had the, <laughs> I have lived decades mm-hmm. <laughs> and in my mind, it never went back to Bespin. So I had to be like, shut that down. Yep. 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 <laughs> but I had to, it was work. I had to, mm-hmm. um, in that episode it does a great job of showing like all the, the characters all need things. They, they've all been through a massive trauma and they need things emotionally and practically to move forward. And for me, I remember, I remember the moment it occurred to me of like, wait, is that Luke's same X-Wing in Return of the Jedi? Or did he leave it at Bespin? Right. (laughs) And I've been upset about that for years. Now, answered.
3: (laughs) Yeah. It's a challenge. No. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad I'm just laying it on the table. Laying it on the table. Just some challenges. Just some challenges. Yeah. Yeah, I remember there's, you know, that first big one. Remember the, it was, uh, God, maybe issue one, two of the main Star Wars mainline in 2014 where Vader and Luke confront each other like stand in front of each other and that was that was that was i I had to have some thoughts on that (laughs) private thoughts on what i thought about that
2: yeah no but a a bunch of stuff gets fleshed out Uh, Mm -hmm. leia in particular her relationship with alderaan all Mm -hmm. all sorts of Mm -hmm. great stuff happens in those comics so uh, let's talk about some favorite moments uh, of story canon lore from comic books Mm -hmm. what are some favorite moments for you Absolutely a
3: lot. Uh, One of the ones I I love uh, is uh, in a a Darth Vader annual. Chuck Wendig wrote it. It is uh, Darth Vader in the Petronaki Arena on Geonosis going back and having memories, man. And there there again, too, is uh, like the one with Ahsoka. Just Vader going through the Rolodex of things that haunt him. And uh, they do great. You you get to see some panels with some Padme and Anakin art from Attack the Clones. I just love it, man. And I just love that Vader feels, man. He isn't, he's more machine now than man, sure. But there's so many ghosts dancing inside him. And, yeah, you know, for you and I mentioned earlier, we grew up with just, uh, everything was great for 19 years. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't. And it just to see it, I thought it was a great little
2: moment. Yeah. I also love that idea. You know, that that's one of those moments that really works for me of taking something that's in the movies and exploring it. That he's mm-hmm. like, I'm not a big fan of the Death Star. If you need a mm-hmm. weapon. Uh, to spread fear, I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's always kind of like what what do you need the Death Star for? I, I liked that uh yeah. myself. Um what are some other moments? Uh also I uh the
3: relationship of Poe and Lay and the Poe damon comic I I, I I think I've mentioned it. I haven't mentioned it in a while, but I used to mention it all the time but that issue 14 of the Poe Dammon run, which came out uh, post Carrie Fisher's passing and in dealt with her talking about it. eventually she won't be here all Luminous Beans are we but also Poe, and and, and, it was, and it was kind of, I'll be honest, it was kind of a Last Jedi almost repeated the beat of Poe mm-hmm. needing to learn and, and Leia teaching him. Uh, not contrasting or comparing, but just that's kind of what it was. Love all the stuff in there. The Poe Dameron run, which by the way, Poe Dameron run has some of the weirdest stuff in it I've ever read in Star Wars. And that I sometimes struggle with, but overall, just it really was, you got to spend time with Poe. And especially after Force Awakens, we hadn't spent a ton of time with Poe yet. A ton of time with Poe yet. Uh, I love everything about that. And then and that one has the specific, the specific uh, issue where there's the conversation of war veterans talking about Star Killer based, and then one of them's talking about the the Battle of the Over the Death Star, and New Hope, and
2: and you turn the page and it's R two, and another <laughs> Astromech. Oh my god, it's some of the best stuff. It's such a great insight on the droids and what they talk about and their attitudes and sharing all their details, the comparing and contrasting of the adventures they went on with their organics and yeah. <laughs> you know, how they handled it and what they saw. Oh, it's so, it's great. so great. that Poe Damron run, I think I read in like two sittings. Like, I think I had mm-hmm. that of like the was the um uh, yeah, I'm finally going to check this one out in like, oh, no, it's 2 a.m. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and did that for two nights in a row because it was, it, you know, it, I enjoyed it so, so much. Uh, Leia needing money, so uh, trying to sell some of her mother's uh, clothes, like, oh,
3: yeah,
2: it's uh, just yeah, just really powerful and in in painful beats in, in some way. So yeah, that's that's an absolutely great one. Um, I think for me, I, I know I mention it all the time, but it's because I'm obsessed. That rise of Kylo Ren run four comics, four issues. Um, it i'm still mystified as to why it exists like mm. uh, i i totally get from the perspective of hey the knights of ren are going to be in rise of skywalker but we don't really learn their backstory let's do it let's do a comic for their backstory <laughs> and then like sure and while we're there we will also recontextualize mm-hmm. <laughs> the destruction of luke's temple uh will give you great, great insight into Ben's life experience and trauma and will show you Luke's entirely functioning Jedi school and Luke kind of at his height uh, as a as a true Jedi master in this four-issue comic run. Mm. It is, uh, there. there's so much from that uh, that's just cool. It's cool to see Luke with his functioning school, but it frames every conversation that we have about how Luke's life goes. Of yeah. Like, he had a functioning school. It, it, there were Jedi going around helping people doing jedi things it was not fully fledged there weren't thousands but it was up and running and really seeing uh, uh kylo ben at the time having that that mysterious voice and, and seeing how snoke literally did play the like look i'm just the kind of the 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 person who's going yeah no your, your uncle isn't perfect so maybe maybe you want to explore some other things i'm just trying to support you ben and seeing that manipulation on mm-hmm. the page you mm-hmm. know um it also sets up that great idea of uh the knights of ren testing have that sort of dark side test of the most difficult kill which yes. contextualizes uh the force awakens massively so there's just there's just so much in that yeah. four issue comic yeah and that's
3: one too yeah it not not st- not saying it's lesser than in the comic but man you you just just adapt that to a, like a one a 90 minute animated movie i think i think you you do well
2: i think so too you have a home mm-hmm. run there um the the entire uh, charles soul vader run is is mm-hmm. great um but i think in particular the the building of the castle and yeah. the dark comedy of trying to get it exactly right <laughs> yeah yeah uh in the general mission just uh, that that vader early on is not letting go of padme yeah that that is so yeah. It to me feels so right. I love seeing that. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, final one for me is, uh, it was, it was an early one uh, in, in the comics run, but that, but Shattered Empire, I think there's a lot yes. to not sleep on there. Um, yes. Yes. Leia on Naboo sensing Maul is just great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the story that kind of immediately after Endor, Luke isn't like, great. I am the powerful Jedi. I will become a general. Where do you need me? He's like, you guys do your military stuff. I'm going to collect trees because mm-hmm. they're special Jedi trees. Yep. <laughs> that right. That's that's a crucial Luke idea mm-hmm. to me. Like that right away. He's like, I'm not fighting a war for anyone. I'm yeah. preserving the past and learning about it.
3: It's a giant. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned shattered empire. It's a giant step for Luke. Like, like you're so right. Again, talking about what you and I might have uh, grown up thinking. Right. And and, and you know, Then you got great you know, air of the empire and the, the EU stuff uh, starts expanding it. I love, uh, and, th- and those ones deal with Luke learning things too. I want to be clear. But like, I, lo- I loved this left turn. Cool. Peace out. I, gotta go. <laughs> sure, I got to go. Sheriff, you want to come with me? Yeah. 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 Love it. That's a, that's a full, great four issues if you all haven't checked it out.
2: Yeah. So clearly, even though we have uh, our struggles with the comics, we find great value in them and could go on and on. But uh, yeah. Yeah. No, but the thing about that is, and
3: I want to highlight one more too, but the thing about it is, I have sometimes, I, they're not on the front of my Rolodex. And I have to remember, or even here in this episode, like, oh, you're right, you made me think of this. I don't have them down in my brain like I do the shows and the movies, and that's just the way it's probably always going to be. Can't let that hold me back. Um, and the final, the final one, I, the, the the relationship of of uh, Magneto and Afra again, talk about a great mm-hmm. Afra stuff. Uh, here comes this imperial officer, very comic booky. She got some cybernetic uh, things going on there with, with her neck. I remember, right? Yeah, and then uh, she's ta- she's in charge of the security on security on Edo. And you're picking up right after Rogue One, and mm. to go from that, and then she searches uh, Yavin after Yavin Four. She's in charge of like the search team there to see what was left behind with the rebels, and then she gets in this complicated relationship with Afra. It has one of the best uh, kiss frames uh, you know, panels in, in mm-hmm. Star Wars comics. It's great, and their relationship that co- comes and goes. Uh, it's it's great stuff. If y'all haven't taken it, uh, taken a peek at that,
2: oh yeah, I, I can't wait to read some more Afre. Uh, that whole time thing. Um, let's talk uh, about video games. We are both big fans of the storytelling in Battlefront 2 and Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I know people uh, think highly of the, the Squadrons video game. Um, do you think that playing through the beats of the story creates a different relationship to them? Oh, yeah, yeah. If
3: I could play the comics, I'd probably like a little bit more <laughs> uh, or, or just read them more. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and until this until this very moment, I don't I don't think I had connected just simple video game immersion factor, right? Which is, yeah. is weird because I won't shut up about Red Dead Redemption Two or managing a baseball team, but yeah, uh, t- taking Aiden through her journey as short as it was in that in that version of the story, it 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 made it made a world of difference.
2: Yeah, I guarantee you there are pivotal Vader moments in the comics that I've read and enjoyed that I yeah that I I gotta go oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah. I do not have to go. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! When I uh, escaped Darth Vader <laughs> mm-hmm. in, in the Inquisitor's fortress, right? Because yep. I did that. Yeah. I barely survived Darth Vader. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I did that. No, we all did that. It, it, it yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it, it, I think uh, it's just the way different mediums at different points in our life affect us emotionally. Like I remember uh, some of the relationship with uh, Aiden and her father in the mm-hmm. absolute terror of the the sentinel uh droids with palpatine's face which are spread all through canon from comics books to books uh to to video games um and and acknowledged on mandalorian of the actual uh operation cinder um but just even even that cutscene of kind of feeling the horror of this weird creepy robot you Mm. know Mm. yeah absolutely Oh, and and we get to be right there for it so yeah what are some favorite moments of story canon lore from video games for you
3: um i think uh i i, I, I can i just put uh battlefront 2 no I, I we we talk often it. the del mico and luke scene uh mm. i think that's really important stuff and and also one of the most video gamey levels ever you're just slashing bugs right? <laughs> like it's <laughs> to have that weight i mean it's it's, it's now, I think, I think that's that cut scene that all that stuff's been more celebrated now to a, to a level where I feel like I stopped talking about it because I think our work here is done. <laughs> We've told people <laughs> to pay attention and everyone founded themselves organically, to be honest, but um, I love all that stuff. Uh, you mentioned it too. I was thinking about one of some of my favorite moments in Battlefront 2. And it's Aiden with her father, man. Garrick Versio at the very end, just everything he says and realizes and the pain of still him kind of almost going down with a ship because he feels he deserves it now at this point. And she's made the right decision, this daughter of the Empire. It's some great father-daughter stuff, which we don't get a ton of uh, in in Star Wars as much. Yes, Leia Vader, it's there, but you know what I mean? Um, Yeah, I I love that. I love, and I love being there for it. I felt I felt it and it wasn't the way I thought I was saving him. Right. You know, I was running to Mm -hmm. clicking my X buttons and my R ones to go save dad. And when he kind of backs away, it got me, man, it got me. Uh, I love that moment.
2: Yeah. I I think that that whole story of uh, a, a moment where a die hard Imperial, who's maybe not been able to open their eyes and and see the truth, partially because they come from this core world where everything's great. Mm -hmm. and, they're defending it from, you know, vicious insurgents. Uh, and to play through that beat where your home world is being attacked just out of vengeance and spite uh, because a droid with the face of a dead man told you to. Mm-hmm. And you see the emptiness of it. And you're experiencing that because you're running around as the explosions go off, you know?
3: Yeah. Mm.
2: Yeah, that, that beat is really important to me. Uh, yeah, the Luke on Pileo scene will always be amazing because as as as, a, as video games go of like, I'm Luke Skywalker, and I made yeah. <laughs> a thousand bugs explode by mashing the button. The actual video game play is fine, but uh, the, the cutscene, uh, we talked about so many beats, but the, the important one of that to me is the perspective of that. The fact that everybody is working not for, uh, you know, Chancellor Emperor Palpatine, mm-hmm. not for Sheev, uh, but They're working for an evil wizard, and they really, really don't know. The vast majority of people Mm. just don't know. And the way that's written of uh, Delmicu being like, why would the emperor have something where you need to use the force to access it? (laughs) Yeah. And Luke's response about, you know, I think, uh, paraphrasing about, like, uh, maybe it was wrong for you to be afraid of Jedi. Maybe there are things more frightening than a Jedi, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Such a great way for that dime to drop of like fill in the dots. <laughs> yeah, he could have just looked at Dell. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, that is a thinker. Why Don't you think yeah. about that, Dell? Uh, for there's a ton that I absolutely love in Jedi Fallen Order. Deeply yeah. moved by it, BD1 stuff, all that. Um, but I think in some ways, um, Sarah's journey it made me feel the Inquisitor's story. Right, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's one thing to be kind of be told. Hey, they were they were Jedi, but they got tortured into this. And I love right. the Inquisitor story and all that. Um, but to feel it in this video game of you're playing mm-hmm. through, and you know that Sarah's in pain and doubting, and you don't know why, and then to learn mm-hmm. why and to see why and to just experience it in such a visceral, visceral way of um of that how awful the Inquisitor program is. It made me like the Inquisitor story. Uh, so much more, and makes me even more excited for things like Kenobi because of this video game.
3: Yeah, uh, that I, I, the, the, the 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 trauma, the 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 the, the path forward from that stuff that Fallen Orders deal with is so powerful and so powerful for a lot of people. And and I think the Inquisitor stuff it hit me in a different way that I wasn't expecting, and and I love the twists and turns of it there. Uh, and you're right, and you know, you know, to the, you know, will will we deal with that in Kenobi with with uh? R- R- Riva, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, still learning the new characters here, huh? Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah. You know, I, I was almost expecting it, right? Uh, yeah, like you got. You can't just show me a badass Inquisitor. Give me a chance to see what's going on inside their head because of Fallen Order.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that—that that is, I think, a great way to look at uh, this question of uh, does it matter what medium it's told in? Where we are looking at a live-action Obi-Wan Kenobi television show and mm. going, I hope it lives up to the narrative of that video <laughs> game.
3: Yeah. No. And again, this is why we at the end of the day here, we always try to focus on what we love to find what you love, because once you do that, you start connecting to a lot more things than you
2: think. Yeah, exactly. So uh, obviously there's a lot of other places that Star Wars Mm -hmm. stories get told. Uh, So I wanted to throw a catch all at you, Ken. Are there any other moments of story canon lore uh, that you love from (laughs) audio adventures, trading cards, the back of an action figure, another book, anything.
3: I do love the return of the Jedi trading cards because talk about having them memorized, Uh, you know, and you can pick up little bits of information that maybe weren't in the movies, Uh, including, you know, they're they're called Ewoks. I didn't know that. No. Um, You know what I mean? Like I love, and, and I spent so much time with like, I didn't have the complete collection as a kid, but I had what I had. And now it's the point where I have, I've, I've, bought in some some return of the jedi trading cards at conventions or had some gifted to me and i'll get a new card or i'll see a new card and be like i don't really know that one it's because i didn't have it when i was 10 <laughs> and i didn't look at it 50 times a week daydreaming about star wars stories
2: yeah I, you know what I'll, I'll go in on that i will uh, i will say thank you to the return of the jedi trading cards for teaching me the word pensive Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it'd be if it's a, a pensive Luke Skywalker stares out. Uh, uh, the pensive is somewhere in the title. Uh, mm-hmm. Pensive Skywalker or Luke is pensive. I can't remember exactly what it is. I'll look it up, but I mm-hmm. always remember every time I hear the word pensive, like, ah, yeah, the word from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, final question here for you, Ken. Should every episode of a Star Wars television show end with Jocasta New telling you where to find more information?
3: Yes. Absolutely should. Uh, I'm, I've been watching the HBO show winning time and I'm not even a huge basketball fan, but I, 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 it's a fascinating kind of uh, story there. Uh, at the end of it, they have Rick Fox do an after show, right? It's really just an after show, but it's like kind of built into the show. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, they start I uh, you need I'm not talking about like Anthony Car- Carboni hosts the Kenobi after show. I'm talking about Jacosta new pops up says you just watched the show. Here's here's more for you. This is a great idea.
2: Yeah, I would love it if, at the end of the first episode of Ahsoka, Jocasta Nu was like, "Let me take you over here to this part of the archives," and like a, yeah. a holocron or a data book opens up and it floats mm-hmm. up the Ahsoka suggestions from this
3: week. <laughs> he mentioned uh, a love from his past. This is Duchess Satine. Here is yeah,
2: that's what <laughs> here she is her info file. Study mm-hmm. it. Keep it in the library though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then we can have uh, a moral of the story told to us by Dexter Jester, always. <sighs> Of course that's even better <laughs> them together full victory for attack of the clones yeah. all right any final thoughts uh as we wrap up here no no just we can see uh,
3: again where the journey goes and i think it's fine as star wars fans for us every now and then to be like hey this is where my focus is and hey a lot of you i know people are like nah man rebels is my star wars i don't even really like the original trilogy all that is fine we are here we're lucky we're, we're blessed to be uh celebrating all the stories uh and then choose uh choose to focus on what you love and then like you said might lead you to uh, bigger areas of celebration more than
2: you'd even expect yeah well said and i really really do like being able to explore um you know big picture thoughts and opinions uh and examine like well what's just subjective what's just you know because of my life and my experience and yeah uh, like i've really really enjoyed the high republic comics but it's so great for me to go on social media and like see uh people so so deeply engaged and in like engage in a way that like oh, i was like oh i understand that because mm. that's the way i felt when robin became nightwing <laughs> you know uh that to have that that you know mm. level of uh, just pure emotional investment i love seeing all the different parts of star wars that people love and with you know different levels of intensity at different times their lives and i think that for me is ultimately the big picture is I love that Star Wars is this massive tapestry that uh, the movies and maybe the television show reaches the biggest audiences. Mm. uh, But all of these stories reach different people at different moments and are just as powerful, just as valid. Absolutely. Well said. All right. With that, you want to tell people where they can find
3: us? Absolutely, friends. We're the Force Center podcast. We sometimes dig into big themes. Other times we Wonder, will we have more time to read comic books? And you can find <laughs> us on Twitter at Four Center Pod. You can uh, follow us on Instagram. And YouTube as well. We have a Facebook page, Four Center Podcast. Uh, you can like us there. Podcasts available on a lot of different spots, including Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a whole lot more. Just search and find us. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. And you can go to patreon.com slash Center to support us directly. You can follow me at CatNapsock. Go to my website, CatNapsock.com for more. Joseph, where can I go to follow you?
2: Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out my website, josephsgrimshaw.com, for all my other comedy adventures. Uh, but for now, for myself, uh, for Jocasta New, who has a great arc in a comic book, this has been Force